Welcome back to Super Tuesday Recap. It's your host, Chris, here with Deepom. And we are here to talk Season 9, Episode 11 of The Flash, A New World Part 2, The Blues. Uh, I'm not even going to read the synopsis here. Uh, let's just jump right into it. What do you think? I'm a man of two minds, Chris. <laughs> we did not talk before this. I just want everybody to know. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. We, don't, we, don't, we don't prep. No prep. No <laughs> prep. you better podcasts. Yeah, we don't do yeah, that. Yeah, no. I'm a man of two minds, Chris. Part of me is infuriated that down the stretch of this fucking show, they gave us an episode with approximately 45 seconds of Barry Allen. <laughs> it bugs Grant and Justin, Gustin, excuse me, the point where he mentioned it on his Instagram story. He wrote in all caps, I'm just sad I wasn't, because I think Allegra directed this episode, the, the lady, the woman who was Allegra, mm-hmm. said, I wish I'd been on in this episode more. And he put in all caps, not my choice. Mm-hmm. The other half of my brain on this, let's be really real here. On a meta level, as you close down the show, it's a very good nod to the show to have an episode about the Flash. It's one of the trademarks of the show, for good or for ill. But also, I thought the execution, like if you said to me before the episode, hey, there's no Flash, this one. I'd have come in and been like, God fucking damn it. However, the execution of what they did during the time allotted. I'd rather have the Flash, obviously, but I feel okay with it. Dude, when they brought back Mark, I out loud said, fuck, on my couch. Oh, no, I immediately was like, oh, damn it. Here we go. I did you have to do But then they killed him. Right. I was like, okay. <laughs> but then they brought him, but then they brought him back. And then, right. Let's talk. <laughs> and so, for me, I think that it is... It was necessary. It's the part two of a four-parter. You weren't going to get... This is the one that's going to be the down episode. Three is the penultimate one, and four is going to be the finale. So, if there was going to be a quote-unquote weak link, logically, it was going to be episode two. However, the more like I think about like kind of what they did with this, I feel less of it being weak, if that makes sense to you. No, I'm, I'm here with you. I'll, I'll take it a step further and, and say, and just go out there and say... I think the feelings uh, that we have, the, any negative feelings I have about this episode are, are based off of the execution of the entire season, not necessarily this episode, because I'm with you, right? It's like, when I look at it in the context of these, next, these last four episodes, it works, mainly because you're right, we don't have Barry there, but you also realize that the episode was taking place during the same time of the last episode. So they could have probably made that more explicit. And if they had done that, then maybe the other feeling would have gone away. But also what they're doing with Eddie or Malcolm or, you know, whatever, that also then ties back for the entirety of the show and what right. happened in season one and things like that. So it makes a good episode. Where this season, where this episode fucked up and it's not their fault, it's the execution of the entire season. If they hadn't, because now I'm looking at this going, the Red Death stuff was unnecessary. Like eh, the red I, stuff was the stuff they planned before they knew they weren't getting news. And, and right, and 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 I think that's the problem, right? We're 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 stuck here. We're the 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 season is hampered by decisions that were probably made outside of this show, right? The canceling of this being the last season and things like that, and so they had to basically condense. Here's one thing that threw me off is when when you realize it's like Mark left seven months ago, you're like, fuck, what? Well, they gave us the time skip at the beginning of last episode. This right. Because like, now, I guess, 
they're about to have the kid. Like they they, right. they were very explicit on right the right. time. It just, it just so I it, think it just it just felt yeah. You're not wrong narratively, and you it, needed. I feel like I would have been rewarded with more, but also. You know, it is what it is. The, the constraints of the, the right, schedule and, and I think that's the thing that's that's hampering, that's hampered this show. Is that mm-hmm. it's it's this fact of these decisions made, and it, and it, it goes to show you. I mean, it, it's it's it honestly, it's very um, very timely when you talk about the writer strike and things are going on, and people going like, and the studios being very. We don't need them. We'll, we'll, we'll survive without it. And it's like, oh, well, actually, no, because when you guys are in charge of making decisions, this is the shit that happens. And we've seen it happen before in other strikes. But, and, and granted, this is not because of the writer's strike. But again, it's a studio decision to not move on with the show or to cancel it down and not, you know, involve the creative team up front. And this is what you're getting. Like, there's, there's no way around it because you're right. To, when I know that there's, the show is about the end, I want to get as much Barry as possible. And here you don't get the Barry, even though it's a great episode. And now you're looking back at all the other times in this season when you didn't get enough Barry. Cause you got to remember before we came up to this, this last four, four episode stretch, there were episodes where we didn't get enough Barry. So now you're like, guys, you're, you don't get to take him out of the episode and only give us 45 seconds of him towards the tail end of it. And then pretend like, like that's the frustration part. And it's not, I'm not frustrated at the writers. I'm not even frustrated at. I'm obviously not frustrated at the cast. I'm frustrated at these decisions that are, have clearly come in to that have are are going to sully what the show is trying to do, right? Because again, like you said, these last four episodes I think are are going to be strong. I think this episode will be anybody who felt bad about this episode will probably revisit it once we get the last two and, and see that it was necessary. It's just that there's a, all this other baggage that's coming in that they couldn't avoid. And, and, right. and, and, th- and I think that's the thing that frustrates me. It's like, and I, I think, think the, 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 the thing yeah. that you just said that makes me feel even more positively about the episode, it's how much cool shit they were able to pull off despite that. Like, it feels like this episode were successes inside of it, despite the fact that we were still under this weird, like the, how it happened. Like the fact that Eddie Thawne is queer or Malcolm or whoever is in this alternate universe where they haven't made it explicit yet, but they're going to. Mm-hmm. That's not our timeline. That could be the original. Like the fact that they're addressing the shit, the high sci fi shit that you and I have always talked about. Mm-hmm. Like even fucking Iris acknowledging that the first time I met Nora, she grew up without a dad. Mm-hmm. And they had changed time enough to where she has not only her father in her life, but a brother. If they miraculously give her twins and name them Dawn and Dawn, will I freak out? Yes. Will everyone else be annoyed? Of course they will. But I thought like that, the, um, the obvious machinations of uh, Cobalt Blue, I'm going to say it now, it's Cobalt Blue. Cobalt Blue, Fia, uh, Mark, um, the, the manipulation of Keon. I thought there's a lot of really well done stuff in this episode. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, I wish there was more Barry, but like, yeah, I think you're going to be correct. Where we took take a step back at the end of the season and look at all four episodes and say, "Wow, they they went into that plane." Unlike, yeah. and again, and again, I'm, not, I'm referencing this now, but the Titans season ended series ended <laughs> this week too. I was on um, a Twitter space last night with uh, Cam Seahawk talking about it a little bit. Just because the plane's on the ground doesn't mean it landed. <laughs> Did it ever take off? 
<laughs> season two was good. Okay. Um, okay. The high watermark. He said he at one point during the space he ranked the seasons. I go, yeah, it was for me. It was two and other receiving votes. Like it was there was no there's no point in ranking the rest of the seasons. Don't watch the show. Anyone never watch Titans? It's horrible. They they convinced me with a a biracial Tim Drake in a fat in a kickass Robin costume. They only put him in for like six scenes. Fine. I fell for it. You should. But when I look at the Flash and look at how much they are not only just focused on ending the season or ending the series, but also tying up loose ends and from season one, Eddie Thawne died in season one, right? Mm-hmm. In the season one. So this is something, that, and we never saw a body. He got sucked in the fucking black hole that we've seen react differently with that storm. Like we, this is all in line with the canosity of the show. Right. They're building on themselves, and for me, that's cool. For Iris to recognize, like, we've changed the timeline a couple fucking times. Like, <laughs> for all the time travel to be like, this mattered, and it counted, and we remember it. I don't know. I think that's really, I think that's, in my, in my opinion, that's really what makes this episode worth not just the time they put into it, but kind of its place near the end here, because... Could we have done this series with? Could we have ended the series without ever addressing the larger mysteries? Sure, but then you'd be fucking lost. Mm-hmm. I like the dedication to landing this plane. Yeah, and and that, I think that's the thing. I mean, you know, for us, you know, realizing that they had they had been given, they had been dealt a, and and if, if we're gonna be honest here, this show has been dealt a rough hand since 2020, right? Because that's when COVID hit. And so, starting then, they had to start shortening seasons. So, every problem we, we, we had, and we had some problems with seasons before this, that they really, it definitely fell on them, right? It's just, hey, you guys should have done a better His job. His name is Avatar. Right, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know they, when they even admitted, it's like, yeah, we didn't kind of plan out the entire season. So, it's like, we could tell. And then they started doing that, and things got better, and then external forces started coming in. First, it was COVID, cutting seasons short forcing them to then try to end the previous season the other season like this is when it started happening and I, but I, and I will say this though and then the the cancellation right the selling uh, CW being shopped around them deciding to cancel all the Arrowverse shows and all that stuff right that's this is all affected this I will say that having to shorten the seasons in the previous 21 uh, 2022 uh, 2020 and 2021 at least helped us here because it's not unknown. So it's like, it's not like they completely shit the bed completely because they at least kind of had experience doing it before. So the pivoting was at least allowed to happen versus uh, other shows where it's just either just ends and there's no pivot. Or like you said, we could have just, we could have just gotten the original season they were going to do with the, with the, the red death stuff and not even tried to close the loop on some of the things for the entire series series right so so season six was the one that premiered 2019 2020 it was also the first season eric wallace was the showrunner mm-hmm. um he's been the showrunner six seven eight and nine i think particularly what you're talking about how we felt like they dropped the ball in some early seasons I think having that concerted, focused voice from that point forward, from season six forward, particularly through COVID and through all the changes they had to make, has benefited the show, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think that having that singular voice, having them be able to mine some of the things that we're covering over at the comic book club, um, 
really allowed them to allows me to feel more confident in what's coming with these last two seasons, last two episodes, excuse me. And yeah, I couldn't be happier about it. I think that this is one. Let's see. I'm trying to see something really quickly. Da, da, da. Okay, so season three was Avatar, gross. Um, season four was The Forces, and season five was Nora Wallen. And season six, like season nine, now he's reminding all of it. We've got The Forces showing up. We've got Nora again. Like I watched the preview for next episode. Like I think that this is one of the things that when the start show started, you and I were kind of like antennas up. Was Eddie Thawne. And Eddie Thawne was always a red herring for Eobard, which is a silly name. But it feels like now this discarded body of Eddie Thawne and this disembodied unnecessary uh, grounding of the negative speed force needing an avatar could be coming in some sort of u- unity, which, for the record, is way better than the Cobalt Blue story in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I tell it now? Here's yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're good. <sighs> so... In short, the co-op blue story in the comics is Barry Allen had a twin brother. And not just any twin brother, an evil twin brother. <laughs> they were separated at birth. He was raised by the Thawne family. Play your um, ominous piano here. Um, and it was kind of like the generational curse of the flat- Allens versus the Thawnes. And if they had rallied around this 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 magical talisman to attack the Allen bloodline through time. Sound familiar? This is a more, a much less focused version of that story of the story we're getting in the television show. And I think that that's one of the strengths of adaptation is that they're able to look and say, we're going to cut this here. We're going to cut this here. And like whenever they finally do the clone saga in the um, Spider-Man movies, they're going to cut back some of the fat, but we're still going to have been really, and that's good. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's. I mean, we're 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 going through the Josh Wilson run now, and obviously mm-hmm. there's just there's a lot there. You know, some good, some bad. There's a lot more good than the bad, but um, there's there's a lot there to cover. And honestly, I think it's it's it 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 overall works in the, in the comics. I think it's way too complicated for TV. Right? God, yes. <laughs> and too- by the way, the words "worked in comics" is a stretch. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a matter of taste. Um, so mm. yeah, I, I, yeah, and again, when you add in the, it's just funny to me because it's like when you ever you see the real story behind some, some comic book story arcs and things like that, and the battles that folks had in the background with their editors and things like that. You think all that stuff that comes in, and then there's always these opportunities to go back and fix things, things like that. All that stuff happens. You can't do that in TV, right? And so, yes, there's writers' rooms. Yes, there's producers and things like that, showrunners and things. It's not the same, right? And so, I I automatically think automatically think that when it comes to TV and movie ad- adaptations of everything, not just movies. And I'm saying this as somebody who's been very hard on some adaptation, not just for comics, for books, other things, video games, and things like that. It's hard. I, I actually think this is one of the things that why video game adaptations struggle so much. I don't. I I actually. I think it's one of the reasons why they struggle so much, but it's also why I'm much harder on them because I'm like, video games are fully you fully immerse the the audience, right? The player. You're you're a part of that story, and. At this point, the way they are, you know, I'm saying this as I play through Jedi Survivor, like, <laughs> they're, 
that's a that's a movie or TV show that you play. So when you come in and try to adaptate, uh, you know, add up those, you're like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you changing things? Just keep that. We already have the story. We know the story. We know the narrative beats. We have it all there. You could you just cut out the gameplay <laughs> for the most part, and you can tell the story. That's it's different when you come from a book. It's different when you come from a comic book and yes. things like that. And I and I think that's that's where I I'm a little bit I, I still have a lot more uh, a lot more grace for those kind of things than I do for video games. And it's just like one, you're either trying to make the video game that shouldn't be made, like Twisted Metal, or you are you're trying to reinvent the wheel, in which you know. Again, there are some things that, that work well. Um, the Last of Us is probably the best example of that. And I don't know if anybody else will be able to match well, that. And I'm pretty sure so, the people that made The Last of Us are involved in that very heavily. Yes. So that, there's your answer. <laughs> so there's, there's some huge benefits that The Last of Us have. It's independent IP. It didn't, it's not adapted from anything else. Mm-hmm. Two, and I think you're going like, to... I played Survivor 2. I love Survivor. It's amazing. But... Part of Survivor and Last of Us, because it's a single-player narrative-based video game, it's more emotionally resonant while you're playing because you're not watching someone make decisions. You're helping them make them. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to translate that level of intimacy from video games to other mediums. But I do think Last of Us got closest. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the benefits of... I think that this is going to... If we look back, probably... The thing that I'm decrying about not seeing Bayer is probably one of the strengths of the show because you have to build up a supporting cast to mm-hmm. make, to cover more bases, to have more emotional endpoints, to get you in and invest in different ways. So part of that's a structural issue and part of that's going to be like a, a larger idea conversation about the medium itself. For me, an episode based on, for lack of a better term, the Scoobies, <laughs> this late in the game is almost one a hat tip to all the world building that they've done around the Flash. Because at one point when Iris is sitting there, she's talking about how far they've come. Mm-hmm. We're teachers now. We're, or, or Allegra talks to Iris. You taught me how to be a leader. When I came here, I was, I was a kid with a record. They mentioned Cisco, who I need to show up for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, they, there was so much conscious reflection in the dialogue about the fact that with, even without Barry, He's forced everyone around him to grow. Right. And so for me, like, again, I think this is one of the ones where you see it on paper, you see very little Barry Allen, you see part two of four, and you're like, well, what's the fucking point? Mm-hmm. And the point here, the opportunity here that was taken by the showrunners and the writers and the directors was to say, hey, before we get into the high weirdness and crazy and the dead-ass sprint, untotally intended, that will be the end of The Flash. Let's look at how this, the impact it's had on these other characters explicitly. And for me, that's, I think that's, really, that's, a, that's an opportunity well taken. It's an opportunity that they didn't have to take. They could have made this three-episode arc and pounded it out. But I think this is one of, um, this is a four-episode arc for a reason. And highlighting the effect, the gravity of both Barry and Iris over the last nine years. It's honestly a, a larger version of the Ollie Queen team up. It's the idea that by, Barry by existing makes other people better, and that's cool. Yeah, no, and you know, it, as you said, it was like you know, as we get ready to approach the tenth of the Fast and Furious movies, all I can think of is it's about family, you know. So give me ten more, right? You know, 
So, no, it, it, it makes sense. So, we'll see. Two more episodes left. Um, we are, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be interesting seeing um, how, uh, how this all goes and, and, and pulls in. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm actually glad to see Eddie. All right. Eddie annoyed the fuck out of right. me in the beginning of the, of the season and uh, in the beginning of the show. But like, no, I'm, I'm actually glad that we're going to close the loop on that and, 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 and get some answers. And, and again, that is, I think something that you have to appreciate. It just is. So, um, cool. Anything else we got to bring up outside of this that, you know, we're just for everyone's awareness, we're going to be doing a, a Sandy check after this. So, um, uh, there's be there's gonna be a sanity check that's for premium members. So, uh, if we don't talk about something here, we'll we'll talk about it on there. But I'm trying to think if there's anything comic book related um, that I wasn't already gonna bring up over there. Um, hmm. No, I mean, we're gonna talk about Survivor over there, right? Hmm. We're gonna talk about Survivor over there, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not done with it, yeah. but yeah, I'm I'm trying to say. I'm not gonna spoil here. shit. I'm just gonna talk about the experience of truly. Yeah, we'll talk about Fallen Order versus Survivor, and I'll, I'll I'll give my opinion on it. But yes, I'm very excited. I'm happy yes. to talk. Yes. So, all right, folks. Uh, again, thank you guys very much for listening. We got two more episodes. Make sure you subscribe. Super Tuesday recap. As we mentioned before, too. After this is over, there's no more Super Tuesday recap in June, and then we're gonna come back with we we have our plan for the rewatch of Agent of Shield and our discussion on Agent of Shield, and that is how we're gonna end our run on the Super Tuesday Recap Podcast. We are going to start where we began at and go back to the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it actually works out pretty well. If we stick to our plan, we'll be able to end right at the end of the year talking about the show that we love the most when we did... Uh, like, I, I think that was the show. With all the stuff that we talked about and all the other shows, like the ups and downs of all the other shows, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you go back and listen to our Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Reviews, that was the only show where we were up on it the entire time. Like, there was never a time where we were going, like, maybe we're not going to come back, right? No. <laughs> Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. was never that for us. Never. Uh, and that's incredible when you think of how many seasons that was. So, um, like I say, want to end on a high note, end with something that we know uh, land the plane for us. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, and we'll be covering that starting in July. So, again, folks, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we are out of here. Peace. <laughs>